All right. Um, so what's up? We got A&P Reacts. Um, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. So, you know, I see you guys are doing interviews and stuff. And my question I've gotten asked being, you know, an interview guy as well is like, who have you been like dying to talk to? Ooh, good question. Uh, who have been, we've been dying to talk to that we haven't had a chance to speak with yet? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, a very, that's a very good question. I mean, I, I think I've, we've been pretty lucky uh, to have gotten a chance to meet a lot of people in the business, a lot of bands. Uh, I think that there's definitely two people, I would say. One is Taria, uh, because, I mean, I've got a chance to talk to Floor. I've got mm -hmm. a chance to talk to Annette and to, to complete the trilogy of Nightwish. Talking to her would definitely, it's definitely on my bucket list. Let's put it that way. Yeah. For sure, for sure her. And I would love to, to have a, a chat with Alexi Elayo from uh, formerly Children of Bodom. I mean, I think that. Yeah. Is I, I actually just shot an email to them like the other day, but I haven't got anything, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, now he's, he has the band uh, uh, Bodom After Midnight, right? So uh, I'm sure when they're working on an album, I, 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 you know, I, I know they're working on it. Uh, so maybe when the album comes out, there'll be a chance to do some press for the release of that record. And I'm keeping right. my fingers crossed that I, I'll, I'll get a chance to chat with him. So yeah, he's definitely on my bucket list. Heck yeah. Um, so we got two, how about like death metal bands? Like, Ooh, from death metal bands. Is there anybody you, you, you would like to meet for you is more meat because he doesn't do the interview. Yeah, so for him is more meeting. Yeah, that, talking stuff is more you because you're doing right. That. I noticed that. But uh, so, who would you like to meet? I don't know. I feel like I've kind of I've kind of met everyone that I. Uh, that's on your bucket list. That was on my bucket list. What about Anders from Draconian? He's definitely on my bucket list. All right, there we go. Uh, that we can achieve. Like he's a good friend of mine, so we could we could we could make that happen. From death metal band to interview, I definitely would like to interview Corpse Grinder. I mean, I've been a huge fan from Cannibal <laughs> Corpse most of my trying. life. So, yeah, I'm really hoping, like, the next Cannibal Corpse album, I'll get a chance to chat with him. Uh, definitely definitely really high on that. But as, as far as death metal is concerned, I think he's the number one. Yeah, that that is, like, my goal, too. Like, Corpse I'm from Buffalo, so, like, I... That's like my hometown hero. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, like, for me growing up, listening to Cannibal Corpse, uh, you know, like, it has has a huge impact, like, on, on your taste for, for music. Right. So, uh, he's, and he seems like such a great guy to talk to, you know? Like, I, oh, I, I know, I yeah. Like, like, he was, de he would definitely be on, on that, on that upper list of, of very selected few names uh right. that i can think of right now like out of the top of my head definitely would be him okay george he's the winner um so what are some things that you've learned like from your guests like i i've learned some really funny stuff and then i've learned stuff that nobody would ever expect and like no, no shitting on the bus definitely no shitting on the bus yeah the things that i've learned I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a, it's a tough question because I, I mean, per, okay, so for you, like he goes to a lot of the interviews that I do live. From your experience of being there, what have you taken a, a away from it? 
Is there uh, something you've taken away? I mean, I've taken away that life on the road is not all glamorous. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. So before that, I used to think it was like yep. big glamorous. Motley Crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Motley Crew kind of lifestyle. Yeah, and then like going live, it's like, oh, it's not that. It's not like that at all. No, it's, it's, like it's all. rough. Uh, for me, that is one of the things. There's a lot of misconceptions that people have as far as artists, uh, metal artists are concerned in the life on the road. I agree with him 100%. Yeah. I think interviewing a lot of the bands at the venues and now getting to know a lot of the guys and knowing the behind the scenes, you start to realize that that, that glamour, and, and that glamour is true. It was true to Motley Crue and it was true to that, to that era. But it's definitely not happening now, at least not with most bands. I mean, obviously, if you're talking about the, the you know, like the Guns N' Roses of the world, then it's a different story. Right. Right? <laughs> but if, if you're talking about Shadow of Intent, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're, they're modest. You know what I mean? Like, they're not right. flying first class. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that I've learned from, from that side, too. And the other thing that I've learned, or at least that I've realized, is sometimes the bigger the band, the more down-to-earth uh, yeah, the totally. band is. Yeah, the less cocky they are, the more down to earth they are. That's and so, very true. Yeah, and sometimes the smaller the and, and this doesn't apply to everybody, right? Like there's there's you know, but I find that sometimes the smaller the band, the the more difficult they are. Like you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the, the the perhaps they feel like they deserved, uh, you know, more breaks or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I find that the bigger the band that I that I've had a chance to meet or interview. The, the more chilled and laid back they are, the easier they are to, to talk to. Them. Right. And, a little uh, bit more professional. Yeah. I mean, I think they've done it so many times. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they, right. Like, like well, what question are you going to ask that they've never been asked before? Right. Like, right. You know, right. It's like, they know it's part and parcel uh, of the business. Right. So I think they're more down to earth. I think they're more relaxed. They've heard it all. They, they know what to expect. And because of that, uh, they're more laid back. They're just not, they're not trying to sell something that they're not because they're right. already established. So it's like, you know, this is who I am, you know, like take it or leave it kind of thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes a younger band who's trying to like, you know, push themselves forward, they're, they're trying to not make any mistakes. So they want to seem professional. They want to seem this, they want to seem that. And sometimes when you try to do those things, you kind of go a little bit outside of who you really are. Right, and then it yeah. comes across perhaps as being a little bit arrogant, even though that's not necessarily what they mean or or, or who they right. are. Right, they just don't want to make mistakes. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it comes across a little bit like that. Yeah, I've been uh, debating when shows start happening if I I'm gonna do like in person because like I've been doing podcasts, but like I haven't done any in person. I know it's like a whole different experience. I, I can well, for us actually it started the other way around, right? Like for us, we started doing interviews in person the mm -hmm. first ever interview that i did for the channel was jake e former amaranth now with syrah that was the first ever interview that i did it was in person so we started he would he would help me behind the camera doing the recording and i'm the one doing the interview so the two of us started doing the interviews for the channel all of them in person and it didn't really morph into this online version of it until well it, it morphed before but it became more predominant now because of obviously covid there's no concerts there's no nothing right. so we were kind of forced into doing more online interviews and now it now it's opened the door like even more for us because now that you know we're either using zoom or skype to do the interviews we're doing a lot more because nobody's touring nobody's going anywhere so right there's there's, there's no excuse <laughs> yeah so there's a lot more opportunities to chat but 
if you look at our channel, I would say the first two years was all live interviews, uh, and that's how we started. I think I think you did one online, and that was with um, Byzantine. Yeah, OJ from Byzantine. Actually, that was my first ever interview. Ever interview, even before I did the live one, that was my first one. Uh, but the dynamic of doing live interviews and doing uh, like virtual stuff online is completely different. It's a completely right. different ball game altogether. Uh, I prefer the live stuff because you can feed off of the energy and, and it's, it's, and it's nice to meet the person in person. You know what I mean? Because mm. if the interview goes well, you, you, you start to build a relationship with that person right. that will help you like down the road with future interviews and so forth. And I just like to talk to the people in person because, uh, I find them online are perhaps a little bit more scripted. Right. Like right. I, let's say I'm interviewing you. I'm sitting here with you. I have the list of questions that I want to ask. Yeah. I tend to follow those questions very rigidly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when you're interviewing in person, at least for me, and he I, knows I, this. I know this too. You kind of go off the Yeah, I, I, I have a list of right. questions, right? But I don't want to seem like the douchebag that sits there with the questions. Oh, yeah, with the paper. Yeah, man. Like, I, you know, like, I've seen that a, a million times online, and I hate the way it comes across because it comes across like you didn't prepare. It, right. First of all, it comes across like you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Right. It comes across like you don't know the band. You've never heard of them before. <laughs> it, it, it just seems like really strange that you're reading off a paper. So I normally take the paper with me. I, I, tend, I tend to memorize the main questions that I want to ask. But then I go completely whatever. Man, whatever. The... Yeah. So I ask you the first question. And then depending on how you answer that one, that's going to depend how the it's rest of you. Yeah, that's going to set off like yeah. everything else. So... For some bands, that works well. For some bands, it's much better to have a script. Right, right, so. right, right. Yeah, I, I've done a few of those. Like, I, I just had one question and went for it. It was, it was good, but there were some points I'm like, shit. <laughs> but it happens. So, you guys are on Vox and Hops, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Tell me what your favorite part about like this group was like for me, it was just like, I don't know. It was like a, a weird family that like would get together and I, it was just cool out of yeah, the box. I mean, for us, the, 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 the invitation came from Chris from Jayhoff, right? So he, uh, you know, fellow Torontonian here from Toronto, you know, where we are. So he, he buzzed me that, that day, like maybe like what, three hours before. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, there's this, this podcast thing happening, Vox and Hops. I mean, I knew what Vox and Hops was. Right. Uh, and he's like, you know, it's happening tonight. I'm co-hosting. You know, I would love if you guys could join us, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, anytime you ask me for whatever it is, I'm never going to say no to Chris. You know, he's a, Chris is awesome, dude. dude. Yeah, he's I'm a super guy chill ever. dude. Uh, so I was like, no, like you ask us like, yeah, like great. I mean, like, you know, buzz me the link. We'll be there. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was super cool. It, it actually... I really enjoyed the idea of the hangout. It was really yeah. cool. It actually gave me an idea to do the same thing on our channel. So we're actually part of that new furniture that we're actually purchasing for this basement because these seats are not comfortable at all. Um, is that we're planning, we're thinking of doing some of that like, uh, you know, Zoom hangout thing right. with, with our subscribers on our channel. I think one thing is for us to do a, a stream where people can see us, they can ask us questions, but we can only see yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. of the people, right? I think it's the next thing is to just do it as a hangout. That, right, way, you can, right. that way, not only the viewers can see us, but we can see them. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I think it, it, it takes it to a whole new level of interaction right. between you and the people who watch your, your, your videos. So, uh, so if there's anything I take from that, from that night at, with Vox and Hops is that it gave me the idea of incorporating that same sort of, of vibe and, and spirit in, into what we do. Not, right. not as consistently as they do it with Vox and Hops. They're actually, they're, they're cutting down to once a month. Whoa, it used to be every week. Yeah, well, he said, he just said life's a little busy, so they're going to slim it down. But oh, wow. I was well, like, I shit. Makes it, perhaps makes it a little bit more special, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more special. I, I'm not necessarily against that idea. I'm thinking, there were a lot of lulls, though. There were a lot of lulls. It's a lot of fun. You know, like, I, I really, I, I was, it really motivated me to do something similar. Because I think right now, a lot of YouTubers are doing the stream and it's great. Like, you know, people get to see you, ask you questions and, and whatever. And that's all fun. But I think the next step is to bring the viewers in. So right. to do a right. Zoom hangout is the ultimate. Like you, you, you become part of the show. You're not just, you know, watching the show. You're in the show. You know what I mean? So right. that's the major thing that I took. But it, it's really nice to see that kind of community. And I think more people should uh, look at that because at the end of the day, you know, what we do is fun. And I, I think we would be doing it regardless if we had one viewer or, or thousands of viewers it doesn't really matter. I mean, we're, we're listening to music on a regular basis. Anyways, we're just recording ourselves listening to the music. Right. right. So I, I think that part of this ecosystem is important for us to understand that this is a two way street. You right. Know, like, you know, it, it's a, it's a two way street. And at the same time, it's a vicious cycle because you, everybody needs everybody. You know, like, so I think incorporating the viewers into the process, I think will be the next, the next step. And with Zoom Hangout, you can totally do it. I'll be there. Hell oh, yeah. Great. I'll We'd be love there. to have you there. It'd be awesome. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was just unique because like. Was that your first time? No, I mean, I went like five times, but every time was cool. The the first two times I went, I didn't know. I was like, "Why am I not getting called?" Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. But I never clicked the raise hand thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, am I just like the the guy drinking in the corner or what? But, <laughs> um, <It's> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, I texted Matt. I'm like, "Hey, man, uh, I just realized." He's like, "Wow, all right." <laughs> um so you guys review a lot of music and my question to you is like what is the best ep of 2020 like what what is something that you've listened to and you're like oh, the best ep that's a tough one yeah i don't do the album reviews he doesn't do the album reviews uh that's, that's but okay so let's break this down how about sing how about single give me a single Oh, a single. A single. Okay, you go with a single. I'll, I'll go with an album. An EP is tough. Uh, but an album, I, I can give you a couple that are definitely on my list. But a single. What was the song that most impressed you this year? What was the song? We, ju we just did a song from Draconian. And I said it was my favorite out of all of them. Ooh, the new one. The new release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the new release. Uh, something about Sabaoth. Sabaoth, yeah. Yeah, I can't I, remember. I can't I'm terrible with names. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it's that. It's right off the bat. It's always the hardest. I, I thought you were gonna say hypa hypa. Hypa hypa was a fun one, yeah. That's like second on my list, but <laughs> he's a big Eskimo cowboy fan. So, uh, for for me, albums. I mean, we're still early on. I'm mean, not too early. We're halfway through the year. 
uh, or almost more than halfway through the year. It's going to be hard for me to do. Every year that we've had the channel, I've done a top list of my albums of the year. Every year I've added 10 albums to the list because it's getting harder. I'm listening to more. Right, right. Harder and harder to, to, to pick like a list. And I also noticed like at the start of the year, you have a couple that you're adding to your list. And by the end of the year, half of them are just gone. No, right now on my phone, I have a list on my phone right now. It has about 40 albums in consideration for my album of the year. There you go. Um, and it's going to be really hard. If you t let me give you a couple. If you ask me for the best debut album of 2020 so far, I have to go with Convent. Yeah. Pure Masochism. Okay. Definitely. That album is definitely the best, best debut album of 2020. That's like one of the few when you're doing your album reviews, you listen to it like a couple of times in the car, like the full album, like four or six times in the car. And that's, a, that's one of them that while you were listening to it, I joined you because I loved it. And the thing about that album was it was released really early in the year. I think January is when that album came out. So we're now in, in uh, almost October. And to me, it still holds up as the best debut album of 2020. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I actually have not heard that. So I'll have to listen to it. Oh, dude. Oh. I, I, it depends <laughs> no. if you like into the you know or not. You, okay, do me a favor. Link me that and I'll do a reaction video. Yeah, I'll send you a link. Puritan masochism. I'll send you a link to the. I'll send you a link to the video for Puritan masochism. I've actually got to interview the girls in the band. Okay. And it's an all-girl band, uh, from uh, from Denmark, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, either Denmark or Norway. Yeah, Denmark, because I remember telling them they were the best thing to come out of Denmark since the Loud Group Brothers. Oh. So yeah, from Denmark. So best debut album of 2020 for me is is Convent. Uh, then you best, really you really like the Paradise Lost one, I remember. Well, Paradise Lost Obsidian is definitely my top five albums of the year. Right now, my top five albums of the year is Fintroll, the new one. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce Vitriol? Uh, no, Fintroll. Okay, okay. Fintroll. Uh they just released it uh this Friday, this past Friday. Oh, uh, yesterday they released it. Uh, I can't even pronounce the name uh, of the album. So Fintroll. Thalassic by, by Insiferum is definitely in, in my top five albums of the year. Obsidian by Paradise Lost, definitely there. Quadra by Sepultura. Yeah. Definitely in my, in my top five albums of the year. And then if I have to throw another one in that mix, uh, man, it's tough. It's tough out of the top of my head. It's tough. Uh, who do I put there? I mean, there's been so many great albums. Top five. I don't know. Maybe Warbringer. The, Warbringer? The new album from Warbringer is absolutely killer. Uh, it, it's definitely one of the best thrash metal albums of the year, I'll tell you that much. Right. It, it may not end up being on my top, uh, because Dark Tranquility is still going to be releasing a new album, so i got to leave an open slot for Dark and, Tranquility. And, and, and Draconians. And Draconians also coming out, and, so I, I kind of got to leave some room <laughs> for those because I'm expecting them to be really good. But, uh, but Warbringer, as far as thrash metal is concerned, there's definitely probably... Uh, it's up there as one of the best album, one of the best thrash albums of the year. Right on. Yeah. I, uh, if you ever get a chance to talk to Lich King, I, I talk to them and they're super freaking cool. Nice dudes. Um, but so last thing, you know, pinpoint I got here is, uh, what advice would you give to somebody like just starting out as a channel? And this was like a personal thing. Cause like you guys, like you guys grind and like I, I respect it and you guys have obviously you know shaped it into something really cool and people respect you so yeah 
I mean, maybe I should give, let me give a little bit of the of, of the background in, in, in terms of, uh, uh, because that will help answer the question that you just asked in terms of, of an advice for somebody starting off. Uh, we, we record, we put out a vi at least one video every day, at least one minimum. We, we've only skipped out once and that was because we were both really sick. Even then we didn't skip out because we had, oh, we had I think the only day we didn't post it was on the blackout, on the uh, blackout, blackout day, yeah. uh, blackout Tuesday, I think, or, or Wednesday, whatever that day was. That's the only day we didn't post a video. Outside of that, we posted a video every day, even when we were sick, because we record videos three days a week and we do three videos each day. So we do, we record nine videos a week, right? So we record enough that we have a little bit of, of a buffer in case we're not feeling well or, or we're sick and we can't record videos for a period of time. We still have the material to put out. Uh, and that's just from the reaction review videos. That's not counting the interviews and, and the album reviews because that falls more on me. Right. He does the but videos. The with, reactions, there's one every uh There's one every day. day. Yeah, there's one every day. Um, so that's kind of our schedule. And, and, and we've... It helps us stay sane to have a schedule like that. I don't like to do a video every day, to be honest with you, uh, right. because I, I just to set up everything. Just to set up everything, it takes a lot of time. I'm working; he's at school. It's hard to find the time uh, to. If we had a room with, that's already pre-set up where you can just show up, sit down, and do it, right, that's, right. A, that's a different story. But when you have to, you know, plug everything and yep. all that kind of stuff, yeah. it's, it, it gets hectic. So it's easier for us to set up everything and do three videos at once. Uh, and do that three days a week, right? So, uh, but like I said, it gives us also something to look forward to. It doesn't become repetitive because you're not doing it every day. So like, like for example, today we didn't record anything. Tomorrow we're not going to record anything. Uh, Monday we're going to record. So now I'm already like excited about Monday. Like what videos are we going to check on yeah. Monday? Like I'm like, ooh, like I don't know what I'm going to check. We're going to check on Monday. So because, like, I start also, getting excited. You know? And not just that, like putting the videos um, like three days a week. It gets you excited for the next recording session to see what's new that we're going to do. Yeah, because videos also come out in between. Yeah, so and then we got to add those into the links. Oh, yeah. Them. Plus, you got people saying, hey, review this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of stuff happening. So having that break in between recording days gives you that excitement to like, hey, recording you know, days. like tomorrow, like, you know, there's a new video by Draconian or there's a new video by Sepultura or something. So we get excited about doing the videos. So that helps. I think when you start doing it every day, it it's becomes repetitive. Yeah, it almost becomes a job and you kind of take a little bit of, of the fun out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I like the way our schedule is and, and it works for us. Now, as far as, as what you, your actual question, uh, the, the advice that I would have for anybody starting a YouTube channel or, or anything like podcast, whatever. Right. Uh, I, I think the most important thing I would say is don't do it for money. Yeah, right. You know, right. Do it because you love the music. Do it because you're enjoying what you're doing. And, and, and don't try to do it because that's something you would, you really want to do. Like, don't, don't, it's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having goals and saying like, oh, you know, within one year, I would like to reach this goal or within two years, I'd like to reach that goal. I don't see there is anything wrong with that, but if that's your only priority, but if exactly, if that becomes your only driving force, either be financial reasons or, or to be famous or to be popular, right? is, <laughs> if you don't get there, as fast as you think you're going to get there, you're going to be disappointed. And the moment you become disappointed, you become disenfranchised and then you don't want to do it anymore. And then you right. quit, right? You so I, for us, when we started this, we started with the idea of us just hanging out with each other and just me sharing music with him and discovering music together. We didn't care about 
anything like we that. never really thought it was going to go anywhere we thought it was just going to be us doing some videos whatever like you know whatever just hanging out Plus, I, I didn't have any expectations because like all of, like our videos are older older videos are like really bad not that the new ones are any better i'll <laughs> <laughs> talking about i'll talk about the content because the content has stayed the same throughout the years of there's the more dick jokes there's now. way more dick jokes. <laughs> There's way more adult jokes that I get now. Yeah, there's definitely more adult jokes that you get now. But the quality of our videos have gone way better than the... Even the video quality itself has gone way yeah. better. But we spent a lot of money improving the gear as well. But I, but through all, all of this, like we've ne we never, like we didn't start the channel like, oh, we, we want to be famous YouTubers or we want to have X amount of subscribers or we want to make this much money or right. whatever the case might be. That was never, that never was the discussion. I mean, it's still not because our channel is not monetized. So we don't make any money off of YouTube at all. So, right. so when, 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 when you see us putting videos out, it's not like, you know, if we don't put the videos out, we don't make money. I mean, we're not making money anyway. So it doesn't matter if I put one video, 10 videos. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the same amount of money. Like we don't make anything. So it doesn't really matter. Right. So we really do it because we want to do it, you know? Right. So I, I think for somebody starting, the best advice is do it for the right reasons. Do it because you love it because that's it's, also going to come across. Yeah. And it's not wrong to set goals. Like you said, because when we started the channel, I was having fun and I'm like, you know, it'd be cool if we had a hundred subscribers by like Christmas and we started in July. And we had a hundred, and we had a hundred like in like one week, one week. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's amazing. And then we kept going and kept going. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> and for, for, for me, I, I look at it as things evolved. So we started the channel, we were just doing reactions and we were just doing reviews. And then somebody mentioned, um, you know, you guys checking out the singles and stuff. Why don't you do an album review? I was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, do you guys really want to hear what I have to say about the record? And it's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, we're watching you talk about the single. We would like to hear what you have to say about the record. So that's when I started doing the album review. So it kind of yeah. evolved organically that way. So I started doing the reviews. The, uh, the more I did the reviews, the better I got at it. At least I feel like I got better at it. And they also you know? add to the uh, interviews. Yeah, the interviews was the next logical step. It's like, okay, you know, it would be kind of cool to do interviews because I'm thinking like, I didn't want the channel to just be a regular reaction channel. Right, right. I mean, want to add more content. I wanted to, yeah. I, I, want, vlogs and, and I wanted the, like the channel to become like a metal channel, like, you know, like a real metal channel. Like, I don't right. know. I love the vlogs, man. That's like the coolest thing. Like, yeah, the vlogs, see, that's the next, like everything has been like an addition to it. You sure I'm saying like, if we think something is going to feel cool, it's going to sound cool, and it's going to be something that we're going to, uh, that could be part of, of what we are as a channel, then we'll add it to it. So, You're talking about skits and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, I oh, think, shoot. Yeah. Like, I, I think the, the, the whole idea for us has always been, you know, do, do what feels right for you, do uh -huh. what, what comes like natural. The, the vlogs, funny. the vlogs made sense because we go to so many shows. We travel to festivals. We went to Europe last year. We were going to go this year to Summer Breeze, but then COVID um, fucked us over. Yeah. Um, so it, it was, I felt like, how cool would it be for us to, to, to record our experience of going to these festivals or traveling to Europe to, to go to a festival? Right. It's, it's not only for the people to watch our experiences, for us to have a memory of that experience at the same time. And the first vlog that we did was, was Heavy Montreal. We had such a great time doing it. We're like, okay, now like this is going to be a thing. You know? So right. we started doing vlogs of concerts, vlogs of trips and things like that. 
and we really enjoy it. The same thing with the interviews. All of these things kind of happen organically. Like, it right, was not right, like right. it's not like we had a plan and we're like, okay, we're going to do this and this and whatever. It just kind of like grew naturally. Right. The opportunities came our way and, and we were able to, to, to do these things and, and, and feel comfortable doing them. Mm-hmm. And, and the feedback from the people watching was positive. So one thing kind of grew the other. And, and to be honest with you, I always felt that the react, I, like I said, I didn't want to just be a reaction channel. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons if you go on our channel, you're not going to see uh, 10 videos by, uh, you know, a Metallica or a Vinch Sevenfold or Pantera right. or whatever. Like we, we give a lot of time for up and coming bands to check out their music on our channel, to promote mm-hmm. those bands, to, right. to, to use the platform that we have to help them reach a much larger platform. So for us, my idea was always to turn the channel into a metal community, a metal channel, not necessarily just your average reaction channel. You know? right. So that was always my plan. And I always thought that also with him, as he's getting older and eventually going to college, I hope, he's not going to have as much time as he has now to do videos with me. So right. I, wanna, I still want to have the channel up and running and I want to have things that I can do without him. That's why also I started doing the album reviews and the interviews because that's content I can create without him. Uh, because I don't think I could do a reaction video without him. I'm so used yeah. to having him. Yeah, that's, that'd be tough. Yeah, I, I just, I think it would, it would be kind of odd, odd just to sit there by myself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know, like, it's not the same. Like, you know, it, it's, it's. It's like Public Enemy without Flavor Flav. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I need my Flavor Flav. It's like, it's like uh, Starsky and Hutch, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my hype man. I, I need to have, you know, he's like my John Goblicon. You know what I mean? Like, I have to have, I have to there have Goblicon, you know? So, so that's how it is. But I, I, I have to say to people, you have to do what's right for you, what feels organic for you. And just because you see somebody else doing it, don't think that, you know, that I'm going to do that because just because somebody is good at something doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Find the niche that works for you, that it's organic for you, whatever, whatever that niche is. Right. And do, and do it because you really love it. Do it because you would be doing it regardless of, of who's watching. And if right. that's the attitude that you have, you're going to be successful because it's going to come across as being natural. It's going to come across as being you. Mm-hmm. And therefore people are going to gravitate to it's it. It's not fake. Yeah, it's not Ain't like no fake shit. Places and whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my advice. Don't look yeah. the numbers, uh, because if you know, like, you know, it's like Picasso, right? Like when he was painting, I'm sure, like he didn't have like a a thousand people behind him telling him how good the painting was. He was painting right. it because that was his own artistic expression, right? Mm-hmm. Then if people like it, people like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But you you have to like it yourself first right. and foremost. There it is. That was like perfect, man. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, the way, it's the way I see it. It's really the way I look at it because with reaction channels, for as many as there are out there, for as many new ones that come along, there's so many of them that disappear. And I think a lot of the reasons why they disappear is because people burn out. Uh, people don't get the, the outcome that they were hoping for from it either mm-hmm. the popularity or the revenue that they were hoping to make. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they quit, they go in a different direction, but that the only thing that tells me is that they didn't have their heart in it to begin with. They were not doing it for the right reasons to begin with. They were not doing it for themselves. They were doing it for what they wanted. They were right. really being genuine. Yeah. It's, it's like if you're a gamer and you have a channel on YouTube, right? 
Uh-huh. You wouldn't be playing video games regardless if you're streaming it on Twitch or, or on YouTube or not. You were going to be There's playing no video games regardless. It's just act like the same. You're, you're just now playing video games in front of a larger audience. So right. I, I see it from that perspective. You have to do something because it would be like me now. Like yesterday we were on YouTube and we saw a guy that takes video clips from, from news broadcasts. You know, like when the news broadcast says, you know, like, you know, a house, 